Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Helen Scales. And I'm Shay Rhodes. And this is Earth Unscrewed. This living planet of ours is jaw-droppingly beautiful. But we're not exactly looking after it, are we? It appears our daily lives are taking a serious toll on this place we call home. In this podcast, we'll be looking into new sustainable solutions that could fix the problems. And hopefully unscrew the planet. And welcome back to the final episode of this series of Earth Unscrewed. God, yes. final episode. How did we get here one more time? I know. <gasps> it, it always comes rushing by, doesn't it? But mm. uh, here we are. Another series. Another brilliant series. We've done so much. I'm trying to kind of look back at all of the ideas and the people and it's just been fantastic. Water really stands out for water. me. And I think yeah. loads of people loved the water episode. It was just that idea of... Um, of people going out there and really making technology that that works and really is changing the world. Yeah. For me, I think a couple of things. Like I, I still have the idea of single-use carbon stuck in my head as a, a sort of a phrase that I hadn't come across before. Yes. And I loved um, the Lanzatech approach to grabbing the carbon just as it's coming out of the pipes of, of steelworks and these big factories that have these really concentrated effluents that normally burnt off and, mm. and actually turning that into to jet fuel. Mm. It's just super cool. I also really enjoyed some of the ideas that we've had about how we can all change our thoughts and sort of have more positive spin on on how we can contribute and and just think about these issues. Yeah, there's loads. I think this series has been full of people talking about how we fit in Mm. rather than just how technology could solve the problem. Yeah, like I was really blown away how Johan Rockström, who is this incredibly high-powered scientist and thinker who's got this hugely global view of Mm. the problems of the systems that are supporting life on earth kind of breaking Mm. down in front of us and yet he came away with five really positive messages for me you know that really did strike me as being a wonderful kind of surprise really I didn't expect him to come up with that sort of positive spin on this whole picture given that he can see it all himself exactly Yeah, you're so right. But for this final episode, what we really wanted to do was to look to the future, to the new projects, new innovators and new solutions. Yeah, that's right. So today we're going to be shining a light on some of the amazing purpose-led businesses that have been supported by Virgin Startup, a not-for-profit that mentors and funds small businesses. And to help us do that, we're joined by Andy Fishburne, Managing Director of Virgin Startup. Hello there. Hi, Andy. So, Andy, I'd love to hear more about what it is that you find exciting about working with Virgin Startup. I think for me, we're incredibly fortunate to work with an incredibly dynamic group of people. So founders that have got an idea that they want to bring to life and helping people shape that, helping them work on a business that's in their formative stages is is fantastic. 
and you really do get that motivation, that drive, that that hunger. And to see that come to life is incredibly rewarding. So we've worked with you know over 20,000 founders now in the UK. And you remember when they first came to you, you remember when it was an idea, you remember seeing the first version of their business plan, their pitch deck. And now you walk down a supermarket aisle and you see it there on the shelf or you jump on the tube and you see it advertised or you see them there on the news. And to be a small part of that that mm. journey and that story is is incredible. So I guess meeting so many small businesses, you must meet quite a few who are trying to have a bigger impact. Yeah, so I, I think a really good example of a business that is kind of fusing purpose with business is Planty. Mm-hmm. So Planty were actually the 3,000th business that we funded at Virgin Startup. And they're a chef-prepared and plant-based meal subscription business. And I think what's really interesting about those is actually they're responding to a real kind of customer demand and and change in tastes. Mm -hmm. And if you think about um, food production, it's one of kind of the biggest environmental impacts that we have. Food production is responsible for about 80% of deforestation, about a third of the world's clean water goes into food production. And actually changing how we eat can have a really big impact on the planet. We actually spoke to Andrea Cavallo, the founder of Planty, just a few days ago, and here he is. Planty offers chef-prepared, fresh-frozen vegan meals that we deliver directly to customer doors into a box of either six, eight, or ten meals. And it's basically giving people the opportunity to enjoy tasty and plant-based meals without the associated hassle of having to cook, uh, nor shop the necessary ingredients, and at the same time joining a, a broader movement to help and solve uh, climate change. Reducing your meat and dairy intake is one of the most powerful things you can do as an individual to reduce the impact on the planet in terms of energy required, water and land usage, as well as overall greenhouse gas emissions. And that's why we started to help people to, to transition in an easily way. Because a lot of people associated with raw food or boring salads, once you demonstrate that this can actually be tasty, and at the same time, it's healthy for you and good for the planet. People are more happier to come back to it and integrate it step by step into the diet. To say that vegan ready-made meals can be tasty, so we don't put any artificial um, thing inside. It's just like cooked from with fresh ingredients and flash frozen straight away to actually lock in the, the nutrients and the flavor and make it convenient. But yeah, so we're really pushing out our chef background and showing consumers that they can have really, really good meals, like homemade meals directly at their home. So we got the barbecue banana blossom burrito, for instance, Arisa carrot tagine, a min pea risotto. Favorite dish is the sweet potato Thai curry. It's amazing. It's kind of fireworks in the mouth. So yeah, veganism has become huge, hasn't it, over the last few years? I know in my house we've recently gone meat-free. It's quite specific. We're meat-free for the five days of the week, uh, and it mainly is about dinner. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> you know, cool, it's, it's a start. start. It's a start. It's a really um, good start. And actually, well, I did a little bit of calculation before I came in here, and I would like to announce these are the results. Of oh, our, exciting. So far, we're, we're at about two months, two months into our study. Um, and with the help of online shopping, we have discovered that in terms of kilos of meat, we have reduced the amount of meat that we ate or that we bought from the supermarket by 60%. So we're at 40% of Brilliant. what we used Fantastic. to Fantastic. Yep. I think that's a it's a really interesting trend. So the kind of the move towards vegetarianism, veganism, mm. meat free, it's very much in kind of the mind of the consumer nowadays in a way that maybe kind of three, four, five years ago it wasn't. Mm. And if you look at some of the companies that have actually kind of shaped that agenda, the Beyond Meats, the Impossible Burgers mm-hmm. of this world mm-hmm. that have had a lot of press coverage, actually they themselves were small businesses a little over a decade ago. And now you're seeing the big businesses, the establishment that are having to follow. So I don't think you would have seen Burger King and McDonald's coming out with vegetarian burgers and vegetarian menus had it not have been for the fact that customers were voting with their feet. Mm-hmm. And actually that trend and that direction of travel has been set in some respects by those small businesses of yesteryear. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've discovered that over the last few months, so many new brands, new makers of food that I hadn't come across before are kind of coming into my world. It's no longer the big names that used to dominate my fridge. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, a lot of this has been inspired by you, Helen. I can't help noticing Aww. over the last kind of couple of years that every time we do our sound check and they ask you, what did you have for breakfast it just sounds so much more interesting and less meat-based <laughs> than mine. <laughs> well, that's really good to hear. Um, I'm very pleased uh, that's the case. And yeah, and I've not eaten red meat for years and years now. Like when I was the nerdy green teenager at school, that's when I stopped eating mm. um, red meat and chicken and stuff. Carried on eating fish for a bit longer. But now I'm still kind of going down that pathway towards being more dairy-free. Not entirely, but it, I realised really that I'm not fully taking part in this sort of new movement of reducing the impact of dairy as well as meat farming. You know, this is a, I originally became vegetarian in that sense for ethical reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. and back when the stories were all about burning down the Amazon rainforest for, for cattle farms. And that's what really fired me up when I was mm. a teenager mm. and really made me want to make a difference. So that's what I was doing that for. But this is still going on. And I guess I realised that dairy is still a big part of that question. And and it's really cool that there's so much out there now to go and try in terms of alternatives to milk and to yoghurt and all these other things. And I love that mm. I can go into stores and try all these different like pee this and, and oat that. And it's exciting times to be able to sort of eat in different ways, I guess, is what I'm sort of looking yeah. at. Yeah. It's challenging, though, as well, isn't it? Mm. And I guess that's where a company like Planty comes in, because... One thing that we've noticed in our house is we're doing a lot of meat substitution. So there's a lot of fish where we would have had meat or tofu where we would have had meat. But in terms of recipes, in terms of how I cook and how I approach food, I'm still very carnivorous. Ultimately, I look for that one main staple, which would normally have been beef or something like that, and then build a meal around that which I get the feeling that that's not how vegans <laughs> approach food. Yeah, and I guess that's the idea of these, these foods being delivered to people. Mm. It's not only like this is a meal that you're going to eat, but also here are ideas. ideas. Yeah. You yeah. can do it. For sure. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think one of the interesting things that, that we observe, so we're fortunate enough to work with a lot of early stage founders with different ideas. And we work with quite a few food and drink startups. And one of the things that, that we did about three, four years ago was to develop a program to help small businesses get into supermarkets. So we run this program called Doing Business with Big Business, and we invite along the buyers from the Sainsbury's, the Tesco's, the Ocado's of this world. 
And one of the things that we've observed is actually the buyers have differing requirements of the startups they're supporting. They're asking them to be more environmentally friendly. They want them to have sustainable supply chains. They're looking mm. for more meat-free alternatives. Mm. And it's because ultimately they as supermarkets are being asked different questions of their customers. So people are shopping differently. They're more aware of the environmental impact of their decisions and they do vote with their feet. They choose where to spend their money and startup brands are well positioned to take advantage of that. And there's absolutely no doubt that all of these impacts that are coming from dairy and meat farming are there and they've been very well recorded and and environmental studies are showing us just how much we could change our impact on the planet by changing people's diets. So researchers at Oxford University said that if we were to cut meat and dairy products from our diets would reduce an individual's carbon footprint by over 70%. Wow. So, so I mean, we could work this out for you, Shay, actually. I, you know, yeah. I think I'm, quite, I'm probably quite far down that, that yeah. road, actually. The only meat that we do buy comes from a, a local butcher that gets it sort of sustainably sourced from grass-fed animals in sort of Kent, Sussex, yeah, kind yeah. Of Surrey type area. So yeah, I've probably massively reduced my carbon yeah, footprint. Yeah. Where I live in Cambridge, you can actually buy in the local butchers, you can mm. buy the cows that were reared in Cambridge on wow. like, the park. On, oh, the, on the yeah, common lands, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm almost like, oh, I'm almost tempted. But it, it's been too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. Um, but land area is also a really big part of the impact we're having through all this dairy and cattle farming. So um, if everyone stopped eating cows and sheep and things which we're not really expecting but if they Mm. did it would reduce farmland use by 75 percent that's the size of america china australia and the eu all of that land is being used to raise cattle at the moment and other animals livestock Livestock, yeah yeah. amazing so you know this is a really important thing we're doing in terms of using the resources of the planet and there are other ways we can be doing it to reduce some of that impact through what we decide to eat so it's great yeah Sustainability is something that more and more businesses are building into the fabric of their mission. And I know Andrea's been thinking about Planty's impact since the beginning. So from the packaging, everything is recyclable, compostable or reusable, alongside just the fact that making people switch to plant-based meals is something that will have a powerful impact in the longer term. Uh, In terms of supplying the delivery, DPD who offset their delivery uh, from various activities and which makes um, the delivery carbon neutral, basically. Now we can't just, um, in my opinion, build businesses that don't have a, an impact behind it or a big emission, and that's why we're really trying to push Planty to where nutritious and responsible food should be a standard rather than uh, the exception. Climate change is a global issue that needs to be coordinated at a national or international level, so we'll definitely have a play through politics. But by building affordable and scalable solutions that can help countries to transition to cleaner, uh, more resilient economies, they'll definitely like give a push, in any case, to the top level <laughs> and the politics side, yeah. I think if we want people to integrate a, a vegan diet, we need uh, better alternatives that are there at the moment. So better alternative than meat in terms of can be cost, can be taste. But that's definitely by building these new solutions. And I think, yeah, that's why I think Plant is not necessarily this solution, but at least one of the solutions to help to make this transition. And there are very exciting companies coming out there that get people on board to it. And the more space get educated, the more and more people will switch to it. So it's fantastic, yeah. We owe it to ourselves, we 
owe it to the planet and it's still super tasty and exciting. Yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense nowadays. It's a massive part of everything that you buy is how it's packaged, how it was brought to you, what words are written on it. <laughs> like, you know, everything to me needs to be part of it. You can't just tell me it was sustainably sourced. I need to feel that and see it in the product. That must yeah. be quite a standard part of how Virgin interacts with these startups so nowadays. It is, for sure. And I think that the point around waste is a really interesting one because mm. actually we've seen a good number of businesses that have built their business on what would previously have been considered waste produce. Mm. So to give you an example, there was a business that we worked with back in 2014 that are doing incredible things called UpCircle. And what they do is to take waste coffee grounds and to turn it into cosmetic products, skincare products. And what I really like about UpCircle's business is actually it's sustainable at its core. Mm -hmm. it, it's not something that was an afterthought. It's absolutely baked in from the get-go. So something that would have previously been kind of thrown away would have been discarded. They found value in it. But that sustainable approach goes through everything from their packaging, their supply chain, how they distribute. And I think it's really encouraging to see more entrepreneurs embracing that way of doing business. Mm. So you are seeing an increase in, in this sort of drive towards sustainability being at the heart of what businesses are doing as opposed to, oh, I guess we need to think about this. Absolutely. And if, if I think back to, to when we first began, we used to get founders approaching us where sustainability was an add-on to their business. So first and foremost, they were solely a for-profit business with this sustainable angle bolted on. And not every business can have sustainability at its core. So I still absolutely applaud people that are looking to do the right thing. But I would say over the last four or five years in particular, we've really seen a trend towards businesses that are absolutely sustainable. And is there a sort of role that the consumers are, are really kind of pushing this in, the, in that direction? Definitely. I think, you know, first and foremost, it, it is the right way to do business. We're increasingly seeing purpose-driven, sustainable businesses, but it is also fundamentally good for business. So increasingly, consumers are aware of environmental considerations. They choose which companies to buy from, which companies to work with, which companies to partner with. And therefore, if you want to stay ahead of the curve as a business, you really do need to be talking about these things. And beyond the, the customer, I think we also see increasingly purpose-driven businesses resonate with employees. Mm -hmm. You know, the best employees want to go and do good work. They want to work for companies that are having a positive impact on the world. So actually, it, it is fundamentally good for businesses as much as anything else. Mm. I think there's also like a massive PR win as well for so many businesses. I can't think of anything worse than, you know, people tweeting out pictures of your product and holding up the packaging in the photo going, oh, look, my organic, you know, bean burger arrived in this much plastic packaging. It would look terrible for the company. Absolutely. I think another one that just kind of springs to mind there is a, a business we worked with called Pursuit the Label. And two fantastic female founders who take ocean waste and turn it into swimwear. Cool. And again, fantastic example of a sustainable business. Now, over the summer, they had one of the Love Island contestants walk into the house wearing their swimwear, which for them as a business that was started little over 12 months prior to that was absolutely huge. Mm. But that came from the fact that one of the contestants was socially minded. They wanted to align themselves to a brand and a product that they thought fit their values. Mm -hmm. 
and actually the press, the coverage, the consumer response that they've had as a result has been fantastic. And actually they've built and grown the business off the back of that. Had they have just been any other swimwear brand, mm. they wouldn't have had that that response. Yeah, yeah, totally. Imagine trying to go into Love Island sort of 10, 15 years ago. You'd have ended up in a brown paper bag or something. Like. <laughs> Literally wouldn't have been any options <laughs> there. And now suddenly you can be, you know, one of not Very only the most chic, you know, chic yeah. and fashionable, but you can have a little story that, that gives you that bit yeah. of kudos as well. Definitely. So we do this a lot, Andy, now that you're here. I'd quite like to ask you if you have any top tips. See if you can give us three top tips for green businesses to thrive. So I, I think for me, firstly, it's vitally important to be really clear on your purpose mm. and to absolutely have purpose at the core of what you do and to be able to articulate why you do what you do. Because I think in business, you're often faced with very difficult decisions and being really clear on why a purposeful way of doing something is important to you, to your customers, to your business is is vitally important to make sure that you do stay the course. So I think those businesses that we've talked about that absolutely have that baked into them, it's a lot easier than it is for those where kind of sustainability is something that sits alongside. Mm -hmm. That's one. (laughs) I think the second thing is don't necessarily aim for perfection. So as a small business, it is really difficult to do the right thing all of the time. And I think in in some respects, being small is is that kind of double-edged sword. So yes, you're agile, yes, you're lean, yes, you can respond to things a lot quicker than big business, but you don't necessarily have the resource, the money to invest in sustainable kind of business practice. You don't necessarily have big procurement teams to look at your entire supply chain, Mm. but don't let that put you off. That's really great. Can we squeeze one more out of it? Can we squeeze one more in there? Um, I think it's really important to to kind of live and breathe your values as well. So, you know, really do practice what you preach. So not just thinking about actually what it is that you do as a business, but thinking about the people that you work with. So how does aligning to a particular supplier fit with your values and your way of doing business? And I think in the same way that that customers can really kind of vote with their feet and decide where they spend their money, Mm. you as a small business owner can decide who you work with, who you partner with, and who ultimately you do business with. And I think we're very much stronger together on this. Yeah, and I, I think it's also really important to stay agile and to, to stay aware of, of what's happening out there because actually what's good today isn't necessarily what's good tomorrow. So if we think about everything that's happened around kind of single-use plastics in the last mm. kind of, you know, two years, whilst plastics have long been an issue, it wasn't on the agenda quite as much as it, it has been in, in recent times. So I think it's important to to keep looking at what it is as a business you need to be doing, what you should be doing, what you could be doing, um, and be prepared to keep taking those bold decisions. It's also exciting. I mean, I almost want to go and stop. I'm not a small business owner, and I've never thought about doing it, but it just feels like it's a really diverse and exciting time to be doing these sorts of things, Mm. Um, this busy ecosystem of ideas and things happening. Totally. Very expiring. Thanks, Andy. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. And thank you for listening to Earth Unscrewed. If you've enjoyed listening to any of the themes from this episode, then we've included some links in the description. To find out more about Virgin Startup, head over to virginstartup.org. To follow the series, don't forget to subscribe. And please do remember to rate and review. It really helps us to get these incredible stories out there. So until next time, I'm Helen Scales. And I'm Shay Rhodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.